Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. It all comes down to this. The champions of the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. The champions of the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, head-to-head for the biggest prize this sport has to offer. That's right, Glendale, Arizona, this Sunday afternoon for the Vince Lombardi Trophy. And no matter who raises it in celebration when it's all said and done, history will be made. And big games require big names to preview them. So who better than a former member of Dick Vermeil's coaching staff at Kansas City, the great Jeff Reinbold. I had the pleasure of joining him on tour in Ireland, meeting plenty of NFL fans last week. And whilst we were there, we found a little corner in the hotel we were staying in and broke down the X's and O's of this game. Hello, welcome along to the show. I am Richard Graves. This is your Super Bowl 57 preview with Jeff Reinbold. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Yes, welcome along to the show. This is Graves on Gridiron. I'm your host, Richard Graves, and delighted to have my old sparring partner from <laughs> the days at Sky with me, Jeff Reinbold. Great to have you here, Jeff. How are you? I don't know about sparring partners. We were, we were more, I hope we were more partners well, than sparring. The, the last time we were at the Super Bowl... It was you and Rob Ryan, and it was nearly fisticuffs as we broke it down in a boxing bout. Uh, we'll give that one to Rob, I think. I, on points. And, only but I was fighting up a couple weight classes when I played with Rob. You held your own. You, you were good. You called the Chiefs on the day back yep. in Super Bowl 54. They came out on top. Yep, that's right. Winners are grinners. Hey, that's it. Uh, if you're joining us uh, via YouTube watching the show, you might wonder where we are. Well... We're on tour in Ireland uh, at the moment, doing a couple of live NFL shows. So we're in a hotel here before Jeff jets off to, to Arizona uh, shortly. A um, little bit about this week. Fantastic reception in Belfast. We're in Dublin right now. And the fans, they are passionate about the game here. You know what, Richard? It's amazing. Last night we were in Belfast. And, and uh, you know, I had never... I'd done an NFL show there a long time ago. And what was important impressive to me was just how much the fandom has grown and not only just the number of people mm. the sheer numbers of fans that came it was standing room only but the fact that the fans ask great questions they're aware of the league they understand football to a great degree and the, that's just again another indication of how the game has grown internationally it's no longer America's game it's a, it's a global game now and you see that in some of the players involved um, in this matchup in Arizona, I, I guess that the one that's garnering most attention at the moment is the offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jordan Mailata, who five years ago didn't know anything about this game. He comes to the States via the, the International Player Pathway program, and now he is, is a starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. Best record in the NFL this season, and one game away from lifting the biggest prize in this sport. It is. It's an unbelievable story. A kid that grew up playing rugby in Australia. Um, and had no football background. The International Pathway Program found him and said, you know, asked him, would you like to have an opportunity to become a, a football player? And, you know, the transition is probably easier for a rugby kid than anybody else because they're used mm -hmm. to physical combat and, and that's their game. You know, I, think, I thought about it today and, and Sebastian Vollmer, who has two Super Bowl rings with his time as the right tackle for the Patriots, was a little bit the same story. A kid that came out of the Olympic swimming program in Germany, and uh, we got him into the international player program, and the next thing you know, he's at the University of Houston, and then the next thing you know, he's a second round draft choice. Jordan's even a greater story because Jordan, as you said, had no football background, and Howie Rossman 
deserves a lot of credit for the fact that he, he used a seventh round draft choice on a kid who'd never played the game. But he saw in Jordan just a huge hunk of clay that hopefully they could well, mold into he, a player. Here was the thing about him. He was drafted in the seventh round, and you speak to anybody associated with the Eagles, and initially the plan was to, to put him on the practice squad. And it came to the, the final day of roster cuts, and they couldn't. They had to put him to the active roster because there was so much interest around the league. They knew if they dropped him to the, uh, tried to get him through waivers, it wasn't going to happen. He'd be gone, yeah. And you know what? You watch him now. You watch how he's developed. And he's still a work in progress as a pass blocker. And that's the hardest thing for a young player to, to develop. But when you put him in the run game and, you know, it's I'm going to block you and I'm going to knock you off the football, he is amazing. He is a strong, large human that has incredible athletic ability. And I don't know if you caught this or not, but the Eagles offensive line, the Kelsey brothers are like the they're like they're entertainers as much as they are football well, players. Well, they're calling this the Kelsey Bowl, aren't they? Yeah, you absolutely. And Jason, the offensive lineman who will be a Hall of Fame player, I think, from the Eagles, he and the offensive lineman did a Christmas album together. And Jordan did a single, and it was like the big man can sing. So he's multi-talented. Well, it's not his singing that he's been paid for <laughs> in this game. And along with Kelsey and the rest of that offensive line, um, they've got a job on their hands protecting Jalen Hurts because he's be, been labelled as an MVP candidate mm -hmm. uh, due to the in, much improved uh, play that he's brought onto the field this season. But he's admitted he's not 100% fit. He's been dealing since December with, with his sprained shoulder on his throwing arm. He hasn't been forced to throw the ball that much uh, so far in, in the postseason. But he's got to deal with... The likes of Frank Clark, Chris Jones, who had 15 and a half sacks for the Chiefs during the, the regular season. Two big sacks in the AFC Championship game uh, as well. It, the, the Chiefs' offense gets all, all the limelight in Kansas City, but this defensive line is doing just enough. You know, I think it's interesting when you look at the Chiefs' defense, and it's been kind of historical under Steve Spagnuolo. They start out the year okay and then they gradually get a little better and a little better and a little better and then by the time they're in the playoffs they're actually playing their best football which is what you want now what's interesting to me richard when you look at this team that they've got they dress right and this is unheard of they dress five rookies in the secondary mm -hmm. and you're normally going to dress seven or eight and two of those backs. rookies made big plays and late on huge in plays in the games game. and have played extremely well down the stri stretch and you know the number one draft choice that that they took out of the University of Washington has played well for them, but they've also gotten great play from their seventh rounder. So, you know, I think that's an indication of number one, good drafting. Number two, good coaching. My concern with the Chiefs' defense is the way it's built, because they realize that Patrick Mahomes and that offense normally will score points early and often, mm. and what they need to do then is to close games out be able to rush the passer, play pass defense, those things, because they're going to see the ball in the air a lot. The Eagles, that's not the Eagles game, as you know. And so the Eagles, if the Eagles can come in and establish superiority on the ground and can mix and stay ahead of the chains, then I think Kansas City is going to have their work cut out for them. Well, we've just had drinks delivered here kindly. I've gone for a coffee. Mid-afternoon, you've gone for a nice glass of red, just easing yourself in into the day, Jeff. But let, let's talk about this Eagles offense, because... That it's predicated on the run-pass run, run pass option. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts 
quite often is entrusted now by Nick Sirianni to make that call himself uh, and play what he sees in front of him. For the likes of Gay, Bolton, the linebackers for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is going to put an awful lot of stress on them if they're going to somehow find a way to keep quiet what is essentially a, a really explosive Eagles offense. Yeah, and, and I think it, it transcends all that. Here's where the Eagles cause you problems. And I love coming on your show and you know having you on my show because I love to talk ball with a guy that is good about football, understands football. You know, they, you know, Philadelphia lives in 11 personnel. They don't even have a fullback on their team. So when you say 11 personnel, Goddard will be one tight end and they'll have one back, any of those three backs that they have that are all Gainwell, Saunders, you know, it doesn't matter. They, they've got players back there. And what that does to the defense is it forces the defense to take a linebacker off the field. And so typically your nickel is not as good a run player as your linebackers are. And Philadelphia is a team that really the mix that they want in terms of run-pass ratio is somewhere around 70% run, 30% pass. If it gets up above that when it gets to be 60-40 or 50-50, that's not when the Eagles are at their best. They're at their best when they can establish the run. And you talked about the key of their offense, the heart and soul of that offense, is the RPO game, which puts Jalen in a situation where he's making decisions on the on the fly, on the play. Do I hand it off to Gainwell or do I pull it and throw a slant or you know one of the RPO routes behind the linebackers? He excels at that. That is when he is at his strength. And I think for Philadelphia, it's going to be really interesting to see how Sirianni schemes to create more opportunities for Jalen Hurts. And because of that strong run game, it, it means that you're more susceptible when you try and load up against it to the big wide receiving threat. You mentioned Dallas Goddard at tight end. He's almost the afterthought because they've got so many options. You've got Devontae Smith, the, the second-year wide receiver. A.J. Brown, who has more than paid his way following last offseason's uh, big trade that they made for him. Should we effectively be, be riding off the Kansas City Chiefs? You look at the, no, the odds makers, they, but, but they've got the, the Eagles as two-point favourites, and that has to be because we saw so many injuries to the receiving core for the Chiefs in the conference championship game. And let's not forget, Patrick Mahomes is playing on a bad wheel right now. Well, I, I think that all of those things are true factors in the game. because, But, you know, it, with, in today's medical science world, if, you have, if a player has a week off, that's, I mean, they can bring them back really fast. The, what Patrick did coming off of a high ankle sprain, normally you consider a high ankle sprain a six-week injury, and he was back playing in six days. Now, obviously, he, you know, the story coming out of Kansas City last week was he only went home to mm. sleep. He was in, you know, the hyperbaric chamber. He was doing all of the high-tech, you know, modalities that they had available to him, and the team spend immense amount of money on medical you know, staffs and, and the most up-to-date technology and all of it. So I think those guys will have a chance. This is certainly a good thing that the NFL does, not only to give a week to build up the game, but also give a week for both teams to prepare and get healthy. I, you know, I don't think you should write off Kansas City because Kansas City has shown that they have an elite player at quarterback, the most important position, an elite player at tight end, and I, I don't think it's far. I don't think it's a, a overstatement to say McKinney and uh, Pacheco as running backs are elite caliber running backs. 
You've got a great left tackle in Orlando Brown. You've got Joe Tooney, who's probably the best left guard in football, and Creed Humphrey, who's an all-pro that nobody talks about at center. So they, this is a team that's got weapons. And, and, and uh, Isaiah Pacheco, at, at running back, a late-round draft pick um, as a rookie, as you say, but increasingly through December and into the postseason, he's brought a physicality to this Chiefs offense, which isn't something you associate with them generally. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, such, it's such an interesting thing is that because of Andy, because of Patrick and Kelsey and what they've done, you know, historically, offensively, they get, I think, mislabeled as a finesse team. Mm. I think they're tougher than people think they are. And, you know, the one, the number one matchup in this game, I think, is going to be the Eagles offensive line against the pass rushers from the eight pass rushers that, that uh, you know, are going to be coming across the ball at Patrick. And when you think about it, I went through this, I went, checked, did a statistical check, and I'm not a big stats guy, but the number one offensive line protecting the quarterback this year, Kansas City Chiefs. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. You don't think about that, you know, because Patrick's running around and he's making plays. And I think sometimes that, that, that does a disservice to some of the other players on the field because his, his skill set is so unique and he's such, a, such an incredible player that you don't realize that we're watching a Hall of Fame player in Travis Kelsey. Mm. We're watching, you know, a Hall of Fame player in Chris Jones. We're watching, I think, you know, Joe Tooney's going to be a Hall of Fame player. But, I mean, that's a rare thing when you've got that many great players on your football team. How big a game is this for the Kansas City Chiefs? Because going into the conference mm. championship game, I talked about it being a, a generational uh, team up there in KC. But the, the problem is... If you want to be seen amongst the greats, you know, the 70s Steelers. I've got a friend who likes to think the 49ers were a dynasty in the 80s, so we'll best be- throw them in. Um, but the 90s Cowboys... Spoken like <laughs> a true Cowboy fan. Well, let's brush across that. But if you want to be talked about in the same breath, you have to win multiple Super Bowls. The problem that this Chiefs team have got at the moment is a nice problem to have. But in, in, there have been five straight championship games, two Super Bowls, or three now, but they've only won one Lombardi. They, how much pressure is on them to get it done this time and get that second? I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure on them because you know they want to be, and you're, you know you're, you don't get younger in this game. You, there's no Benjamin Buttons playing football. You, I mean, Tom Brady avoided you know the Grim Reaper as long as anybody, but time waits for no man. He does not, and and you know this game because of the nature of the game. You know your next play could be your last play, and so. Kelsey's starting to get older, you know, as, as this team evolves, you, you know, you, you want to be able to say if you truly are a dynasty, and I, I, would, I would say even two doesn't make you a dynasty. I think you need to get the third one to be a true dynasty, and it has to come within a certain number of years. You can't win one and then win one 15 years later and say, well, we're a dynasty. You've got to be like the Cowboys were or like the Niners were or the Packers were or, you know, those teams. As great as the 85 Bears were, and, you know, Sean Gale, my buddy, he, you know, he takes an incredible amount of pride in the fact that... He'll be listening, so be careful what you say right yeah. here. And, I, and I'm going to... They, that Bears team was not a dynasty because they won one time. And, you know, I've heard Otis Wilson say, if Buddy hadn't left and gone to Philadelphia, we'd have won at least three. But you know what? That's true. It may be true, but no, we'll never know that. The guys the, like the, Aikman. The great Bill Parcells said, didn't he, that give me the history books, 
what does it tell us about the results? It's either a W or an L. It doesn't tell you whether you're unlucky. It doesn't tell you whether you had a blown call. It doesn't tell you whether you lost a key player to injury or not. When history judges you, it's wins and losses. You are what your record says you are. And that's another Bill Parcells quote, and that is so, so true. Nobody can take away from Troy and, you know, Michael and all of those great cowboys that they were truly a dynasty. Nobody can take away from Joe Montana and Steve Young and the 49ers, Jesse Sapolo, and, and those guys take tremendous, those teams that were dynasty teams, there's a sense of pride that they have that transcends just being a Super Bowl champion because, you know, Jesse's more than happy to slide those rings on and, and show you. <laughs> None of them are shy to show you those no, rings. No, because that's, I mean, how many guys ever get one, but to get three, mm. that's incredible. They, I'm just looking at, at the odds makers for this game. They're expecting a high scoring game. 50 and a half points is the line set there. And it's because we've got two high scoring offenses over the course of the, the regular season. KC, obviously the number one ranked scoring team in, in the NFL. Is there a chance this could be a, a tighter, low-scoring affair than we're expecting? Yet? It could be. It could be if Kansas City doesn't heal up at wide receiver. Because, again, they were playing. And I, I, what Andy Reid has done over the course of these playoffs has been incredible. Because he has to manage a game with a quarterback that's got a high ankle sprain that can't move and can't throw, can't even take the snap and get to the wide zone, and he figures a way to get that done. Then the next week he comes out and he gets decimated wide mm -hmm. receiver, and he's got now he's playing multiple tight end sets because he doesn't have anybody else to put on the field. And all of that's going on under the high pressure of the playoffs and the focus of the playoffs, and you know it's loser-out game, and you're over there across the field as Joe Burrow. I mean... He's done an amazing job, and his staff have done an amazing job of coaching. And that doesn't take anything away from Sirianni, but it's just the reality of the playoffs. So I think this, this game, I agree with the odds makers that we're going to see scoring in this mm -hmm. game because I think they're just two, two offenses that are too well matched against the defenses. I do think that it's going to be a game that's going to come down to who's the most physical team up front and who doesn't turn the ball over because turnovers in this kind of football will kill you. Absolutely. Okay, time to put our necks on the line. Over the course of the postseason, on this show, if you followed us, we are a perfect 12-0 and 0 on the money line, 6-6 six and six against the line. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. You what? Do a, that again? A perfect 12-0 and 0 on the money line to win outright. i, I, I got to call my bookie. I'll be... I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where you come into play, Jeff. Oh, so you um, want me to... Because... because I'm going to screw it up. We're, we're going to give our listeners and viewers a double take on it. All the right. Eagles are two-point favourites coming into this game. I've said from the outset, you cannot bet against Mahomes. And for me, he proved all that on a bad wheel in the AFC Conference uh, Championship game. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs as two-point underdogs. Mm. I, can't, I cannot bet... And against an underdog Chiefs team led by Holmes. I think they'll win it outright, but I think they'll cover um, the, the two-point spread as well. Where's your money if you were given any? Oh, if, I was, <laughs> if I was given any, you know, there's, a, there's so many things to consider in this game. You know, you've got Nick Sirianni. I'm going to start with coaching. I'm a, Nick Sirianni, first time at the Super mm. Bowl ever. Right. Does experience you, count? Yes, because you look at history, right? We, we talk about 
history. You know, you go back and, and you look at history. Historically, first time head coaches at the Super Bowl win very few times. So that's a huge advantage to, to Kansas City and Andy Reid, right? Spags has been there. You know, his coaching staff has been there, done that. Um, you look at the offensive lines, you know, to me, Philadelphia, for what they do, has a better offensive line. The five guys, Kansas City's left side's elite. I think their right side, Wiley is going to struggle in pass protection. They're going to have to protect him. Um, you look at defensive lines, how can you not give the nod to Philadelphia with that front that they have and the depth that they have to keep coming after you? Linebacker, I think, is a wash. And then, or maybe a slight advantage to Kansas City. And in the secondary, you know, you've got two really great corners in Philadelphia, but that bunch of rookies that are running around back there with, with the Chiefs are extremely athletic and really do a great job of man coverage. Tight end, uh, again, advantage Kansas City. Running back, it's, I think, a, a wash, really, because I think, you know, McKinnon and Pacheco, you compare that to Gainwell and Sanders and, you know, so I think, I think the game is so tightly contested and evenly matched that it'll come down to turnovers. And when you think about turnovers, now I start to worry a little bit about Jalen Hurts. You know, one bad well, decision. Well, this is the question because, you know, he's been in there in a short list for NFL MVP this season. Everybody's raved about how much his players improved. But the question I have is if you're able to turn him into a pure pocket That's passer. That's the question. Is Jalen Hurts the man we've seen through the regular season, or is Jalen Hurts the man that was drafted out of Oklahoma? I think, you know, I, I really truly believe that for Kansas City to win the football game, that's what they have to do. They've got to make him be in the pocket and beat him from the pocket, throwing the ball down the field and being consistent down the field. I think their Kansas City's defensive backs will press those receivers outside so that they can play an extra guy in the box and, and you know, take away the run puts a lot of pressure on young players but again is Hertz a good enough thrower mm. against press coverage where there's no you know there's no margin for error there's no cushion there can he throw enough back shoulder fades those are hard throws to complete so there's a lot of that that's going to have to un, un you know kind of unwrap itself as we watch the game and I'm going to say and again I, I, I there's just a part of me as much as I am a Kansas City fan I, I there's a you spent part, a year there, and yeah, that really big for me. Yeah, and and I, you know, like that is a special, special place, and they're a tremendous. Chiefs Kingdom is amazing, but I just think that this game so much is determined by the big guys, where the big guys play, and when you look at the totality of that, I see an advantage. A, a, could be a significant advantage for Philadelphia, so I'm going to take Philadelphia in two and a half. You're going to take the spread as well. Yeah. There you go. So. It's pick your poison, folks. I'm with KC to get their second Super Bowl in the last four years, and they'll cover the spread, obviously, if they win. Jeff Reinbold is saying, forget all that. Let's go with the <laughs> Eagles, and they'll cover the two-and-a-half-point spread. I'm 12-0, picking outright in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. And one more stat for you, Jeff. You'll love this. KC will be playing in their white jerseys uh -oh, in the now, Super Bowl. Now that's different it, because that's, that is truly different now. In the tell last, them, tell in the last 18 Super Bowls, the team playing in white jerseys are 15 and 3. That's the stat that's going to decide this. KC to win it all. Jeff, 
Great to have you with us again. Always my Great friend. Great to see you. Really, um, really good. Where can we catch you for the Super Bowl? Uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be in, in Phoenix. I don't know exactly at Sky what exactly I'm going to be doing, but I'll be doing something, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to seeing you. Great to have you on the show again. Take Appreciate care, it. and let's catch up soon. All right, brother. Great to spend some time with Jeff and great to break down this matchup as we head to Glendale, Arizona. This is what we've been building to ever since the season kicked off way back in September. And we have the two best teams coming out of the two conferences for all the marbles. It's going to be a classic. Who will create history? Well, as we heard from myself and Jeff in that chat, we have a divergence of opinion. But I will emphasize again, just straight out picking winners, on this show through the playoffs, we are a perfect 12-0. Can we sweep the board? I guess we're going to find out on Sunday. Enjoy the game, folks. As always, you can read about uh, this matchup and how we've broken it down by going to my website, rdgmedia.uk. Click on that Talking Sport app, and there you will see NFL overcoming the odds, the Super Bowl preview, or alternatively, get in touch with me via Twitter, at richardgraves one is the handle. Love interacting with you guys and hearing your opinions as well, even if sometimes you don't agree with me. That's what this game is all about, and I frankly cannot wait for it. Enjoy it, everyone. So long, everybody. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one. <laughs>